Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic. Berto Will is your host. We have a very long program today, so I want to start and get busy. Un en inmediatamente voy a estar listo. So let's go ahead and get busy. The title of the show today is, and of course, in my ultimate wisdom, I forgot to bring it up, so I'm bringing the new show up that we're going to have today. But in the meantime, welcome, Paul Fleming Sr. Me too. Paul Fleming Sr., ADL check-in. All right, let's go ahead and bring that baby up. The title of the show today, DFA CEO Yvette Simpson on the progressive movement. Bernie versus Manchin, GOP governor grilled and Christie slammed. Okay, folks, let's go ahead and get busy with the program. Uh, let's see what, what our good, 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 good friend, El Señor Michael Rudnan has to say. I was talking to a car service driver after noticing road work on going in the same spot for months, he said this was nothing. That driving around anywhere is like a bump to potholes. That was a nation can't seem to get anything properly fixed on time. And that the crumbling roads were just one indicator of the current state of our nation, which he reminded him of USSR, the United Soviet Socialist Republics back in the old days, no longer in existence. It's failure. It failed in 19. 91. Michael Rodden also says Biden declassifies secret FBI reports detailing Saudi's national connections to 911. This would have been good 20 years ago. Exactamente mundo. Michael also says House Democrats I 26.5% corporate tax rate. Only 26.5%. Anyone who thinks this is a tax rate that's way too low used to be that corporations and ultra rich paid the bulk of the burden. Now it's on the middle class and the poor to struggle. You know what? It, what pisses me off about that? They want personhood. Remember, a corporation is an individual legal entity. It is a person. But a real person can pay up to 38% or 39% in taxes. But the corporation who has all legalities of being a human being gets away with 26%. Just like rich people get most of their money from capital gains. And of course, that isn't taxed at the full tax rate as regular income that you get from working hard, not on somebody else's labor, not as a slave master. So the slave master, his is taxed at 20-some, at 15% or so, or I don't remember what the value is now, but you as an employee can be up to 39%. Okay, Michael Rennan also says, the Sacklers are walking off in the sunset, reform the system. Yep, they're getting away with poisoning people, and they didn't pay any of the bill to clean them up. Earth's tipping point could be closer than we think. Our current plans won't work. Climate policies commit us to a calamitous 2.9 centigrade, but catastrophic changes occur even at 1.5 to 2. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to finish that because we know that story, and I think we are going to have to mitigate the cataclysmic events with uh, with human ingenuity until we clean up the environment to reduce carbon dioxide and anything that's going to keep in heat to give the energy necessary for all these storms, etc., etc., etc. Michael also said, we're going after creatives that greenwash fuel, fossil fuels. The group targeting ad agencies, no matter how much corporate spin, fossil fuels aren't green. Let's just make one correction to that. Is uh, well, actually no, because I uh, wood isn't a fossil fuel because it's it's not in existence for thousands of years. It's replenished, keeps green. So burning wood can be. Anyhow, we'll go there afterwards. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnan says I'm basically doing a quarter of what I usually do on social media. Paul Fleming agrees. 
Bridge MCP, Egberto Amigo, you must change your weekend going live to say pre-recorded, please. You know what? I should do that. Uh, do, do me a favor, leader of the PDR Posse. Could you put that in a uh, I am for me? Not an I am to politics done right, but an I am to me, please. I'm kind of under the gun right now so that I can put that as one of my tasks as well. You're absolutely right. Nanette Bird-Smith, Dito, Glasgow Climate Summit, COP 26 and 21 days. A brief is below. E2247, thank you. Uh, let's see what else we got. Deborah John, welcome aboard. E2247, welcome aboard. Bruce Pollard, Global Warming. Just another call the HERS event. Uh, Egberto, we know the story of global warming's near future, but I find it necessary to do intermittent reminders as there's nowhere near enough action. Did I tell you not to give intermittent warnings continuously, sir? You are doing a service to humanity. Thank you. Every head's out of the sand 49 days go until the Glasgow Climate Talks November 1st. UN Climate Conference COP26, where the implementation of the Paris Agreements will be negotiated. Michael Rudd and Egberto, burning wood is not green either. Um, let's correct that. Um, is burning alcohol created from uh, renewable sources green? If that is green, then burning wood that will be replanted to recollect that, I think, would be considered green. Anybody wants to correct me? Other than Michael Rudnan, because he doesn't agree with me right now. So I'm not. So come on, Carl Cox or anybody else, do some research for me. Is burning wood from a forest that is constantly replanted considered green or not? I think it should be, but you guys let me know. Carl Cox, declassified documents to show Saudis and other friends of Bush crime family were involved in the attacks. Exactly. Uh, Rose says, every welcome aboard, Rose. Says, welcome aboard, Carl Cox. Michael Rodnan says uh, the, that event would cull our civilization, at which point the rich man's wealth becomes meaning. Michael, that is so smart. And that is why I always talk about the rich not being all that intelligent necessarily. Some are, some aren't. Just like regular society at large, right? But remember this about the rich. Much of the policy that they think about is short-sighted. And because it is short-sighted, they don't see that they may be those, that which brings on their own demise. They don't see it. Michael, you hit that nail on the head. You know, it's like, why is gold worth anything? Why is a diamond worth so much? Can I eat a diamond? Can I, if, if, if electricity and all these things go, can I use that diamond for something special? No. It just has values because we had, we added that to it. Bridge MCP say, yeah, we'll text you. Thank you, Bridge. Peggy Lopez, hi. She's here on time. Hey, guys, look, if you are on YouTube, please also do, uh, uh, to, help the, the, to help the algorithm, please click on like. I only see two likes right now and, and a lot of 10, over 10, 12 people on. Please click like right now on, if you are on YouTube. I ask you so kindly to just click the like button so that the algorithm can pick us up. Without, without folks, I know you love to watch, also like it, please. Just click a like. It won't put your name on it or anything like that. It'll just show a like to help our algorithm bring more people in. So please, like. Everybody that's on right now, click that like on YouTube, please. Carl Cox, read Carl Cox. Uh, read Carl Cox. Okay, Carl, you the last time. 
Declassified documents to show Saudis and other friends of Bush crime family were involved in 911 attacks. Republicans and Republican-like politicians like Manchin are a danger to democracy. Yeah, Carl, I, 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 don't, I haven't done enough research about how intimately connected the, um, the, the Bushes are with the actual people who blew the building up, okay? I don't want to get into conspiracy theorist kind of a thing, kind of a deal. Michael Egberto, some research for after the show. You don't need to read this one out. Okay, I won't read it out then. All right, let, no, I want to read it out. Poli, poli, uh, pollution Watch Wood Burning is not climate friendly. Burning wood releases CO2, more CO2 than gas, oil, and even coal for the same amount of heat. So to make it climate neutral, we need to increase in forests. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's why I asked. But I'll read the article, sir. Uh, Peggy Lopez, if you're talking about forest fires, not green, but if you're talking about selecting some trees to call for the winter, I think it's green. Yeah, if you replant it too, right? Tom C., anything that puts smoke in the air is not green. In Michigan, people burn leaves in the fall and in event create uh, pollution. Egberto, when I say plus one, that's me adding a like to the share. Oh, okay. Thank you, brother. I, more people, please like the, like the YouTube program and like. If you're watching on YouTube, like it, please. If you're watching it on, uh, on Facebook, like it too as well. I should have been telling you guys this for a long time. I was just watching another program, and the guy started to explain the algorithm in detail. And he said, look, if you're not telling your folks to like your program, they're there all the time. Ask them to like it every time. Like the, like the YouTube and like the, um, the Facebook program. I know it's just one other step, but I ask you. So if you're just getting onto YouTube, like the program, even if you're staying on for four, five, ten minutes, like it, and then go on. Melissa Noble, also stop buying balloons. I hear you, girl. Okay, look, folks, we're going to get uh, Yvette Simpson on. I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview, and then I'll come right back to you. So let's go ahead and talk to Yvette. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us. We have a great guest. We are here with the future. Yvette Simpson is a lawyer, MBA, and former city Cincinnati City Council president pro temp. She served two terms on the council. She came up short, just short, for becoming the mayor in 2017 in making lemonade for a lemon a blessing for the progressive movement. Yvette served as the federal electoral manager for Democracy for America during the second half of 2018, helping to flip control of the House. And you know how happy we were about that with historic victories, electing the most progressive and diverse coalition of candidates in America's history. In January 2019, Yvette became the first woman to serve as a chief executive officer of DFA, Democracy for America, as well as the first woman of color in executive leadership. She continues her civic engagement as a member of several boards. Yvette Simpson, Miss Simpson, thank you so kindly for being here on Politics Done Right. It is a joy and a pleasure, and thank you for creating a platform for folks like me in this amazing movement to talk about the issues that matter. Well, let me tell you, first of all, I, I, before we even start with the things I really want to talk about, I want to give you some kudos for being able to be the only person I've seen on this week who can really handle Chris Christie because he needs yes. handling. And I have done that without any physical violence. You've and noticed. you did it without violence. You just without did it with violence. your intellect. <laughs> and you got him yes. each time. Thank you. It is a joy and a pleasure. 
uh, to do that. Uh, well, and well I look, it's I, very important to, I say, uh, speaking truth to power is my love language. So, yeah. And you know, that is, that is important, especially in these days where even the media that you're on, that you have to be on as well, isn't necessarily uh, giving you the, the necessary platform or the ability to communicate in full. I mean, you get the ability to communicate, just not communicate in full. So that is what we want to do here. Make sure that you get the option to communicate in full. Please first tell me, uh, let, let's talk about our democracy. Where does our democracy stand? Um, some people say that our democracy is at, stake, is at stake, and I don't think that we have one. I mean, when you think about the threats to democracy, we've had the insurrection against our physical capital um, in an attempt to overthrow democracy again. Uh, and then we've got several states that have proposed legislation to get rid of people's right to vote. And we actually have in the White House, we have the majority, but we have minority rule because of the filibuster. I continue to ask people, are we a democracy? Are we a democracy at all? I don't think that we are. And I think you know one of the uh, important things about what happened earlier this year and the things that are happening uh, around us by all of these attacks on voting rights is this waking people up to the fact that we never really were a democracy. I mean, just the electoral college, which you know is based in slavery. Um, so the work that we're trying to do now is to wake, wake people up to the idea that we are not a democracy and that we need to do the work I think of rebuilding um, democracy in our own image. Um, you know that that, mm -hmm, that Dakota has two senators and California has two senators is present, correct? There are more cows in the Dakotas than there are people, and they have the same representation, as you said, as the state of California, which has a robust and significant amount of people. And then you talk about DC which has 600, 700,000 black people alone in, in DC um, and they do not have representation. That it, It's a sad case. Now, um, I wanna stick with democracy a bit because I, I feel like we are at a critical point here because yeah. here is the issue. The issue is if Democrats don't uh, get a spine and I, I wanna talk about a, a spine a little bit later, but if Democrats don't get a spine, in effect, they will lose it for us all because once it's lost, it's gone. Example, if Wisconsin, Texas, Florida, and others are successful, isn't it true that they can hold on for a very long time and, and continue minority rule, especially since they have the judiciary already? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think that's something that we can talk about the spine conversation. I think that's a whole story about uh, the way that Democrats fail to use the power that they have, right, uh, when we have it. But yes, I agree with you. I think uh, if we don't take control of this situation right now, we will not have the power to do anything. Because what we know is if the legislature already has power and the, they have the power in the judiciary, now they control every single option that we have to get any of our rights hurt, right? Typically, the judiciary is the point at which we can get uh, any inequity that is caused by the legislature cured. But if you also have the judiciary on your side playing a political role, now there is no no way for us to make sure uh, that the people who we represent have a way um, uh, to get their to get their rights remedied. What I love with you being one of the main leaders in the progressive movement is you know how to be that connection between 
the progressive side and try to create that necessary alliance with what we like to call the establishment, which I think it's important. Now, my personal, I have some personal beliefs as to why uh, the Democrats tend to be cautious in their movements. Why not abolish the filibuster? Why be scared of, of, of a $3.5 trillion, which is very much on the low side. It's over a 10-year period. Uh, when You know, it's interesting because you get $3.5 trillion divided by 10 is about $350 billion. But then mm-hmm. again, we don't collect $160 billion in taxes from the wealthy and we give tax breaks. I mean, the money is actually there. Uh, so I have reasons to believe that there is more to why Democrats don't respond to that inequity that is immediately visible in people. What are your thoughts on that? Money and politics is a big part of that. You know, I think when we talk about people say, is it about left versus right? Is it about Democrats versus Republicans? No, it's about the the wealthy and the rest of us. And at this point, it's about the ultra wealthy and the rest of us. Like there were millionaires who was like, man, I thought I had something. Now I realize, wait yeah. a minute, if you're not a billionaire, you really don't have anything. And that's the sad state. You know, the report that was just uh, released yesterday or the day before that talks about the $163 billion a year that the ultra wealthy have not paid in taxes, what that would do <laughs> uh, to, to, our, um, to our treasury that would allow us the ability to do the things that we should be able to do. So I think it's money and politics. I think that de- um, Democrats are serving the same master as Republicans, and that's big oil, big pharma, um, you know, the, the big health complexes. We, we think about the big military contractors, which is perpetuating the military industrial complex. We think about folks who are making money in the prison industry, which is propping up uh, the, the prison industrial complex. So, you know, unfortunately, we now see Democrats who are taking money. And so they don't have the ability uh, if they want to keep that money to stand up for all of us. And so that means that even though and this is what I talk about when I talk to my uh, my corporate brothers and sisters on the other side of our party, you know, is that, you know, um, if you're not representing the people, then why are you here? And the reality is, is that now we've got bipartisanship among the real people on Main Street, but we don't have that in Washington. Every poll shows that most Americans think this bill should be more robust. Most Americans, Republican and Democrat, nearly 60, 70% of Americans agree that we need to have universal health care and we need to have a Green New Deal. But the people in Washington don't agree. And here's why they're not serving us. They're serving corporate interests. Now, um, Yvette or Ms. Simpson, what I really think is uh, I, I agree with, with all of that. Mm-hmm. How do we get, first of all, your message is correct. Uh, if you look at all the polls, 60 plus percent, which means we have a hell of a lot of Republicans, support every single progressive policy. Right. One of the issues is your voice, one of our leaders, isn't being heard. And the question is, why isn't your voice being heard? You mean in the in the inner circles of our own party? No, I, I, I mean, I mean, people are voting against their own interests right now. Yeah, people absolutely. continue. And the reason why is that you, you poll them individually and everything that you stand for, they want. Yeah. But a caricature is made of of all those that you represent. I am That's looking right. at your website right now and you have a plethora of candidates. These are people that should be big winners throughout the country. Yes. And, and many of them won't make it. 
unless we are able to really get the message out? What do we do? Well, you know, Malcolm X said this. He said, if we're not careful, the media will have you hating those who are oppressed and loving the people doing the oppressing. And that's, for me, the challenge with the fact that we are now, I think, bolstering and promoting in the media um, people who have it all uh, and, I think, vilifying people who are fighting for the rights of real people. And so the 20 minutes that I get once a month um, to go on and battle with Chris Christie, Rob Emanuel, whoever, to represent what is what the majority of people uh, believe. And the fact that that doesn't happen at, on every single network. There are some networks that don't have anybody representing the pro progressive perspective. I mean, that we start to convince people, if you tell people something over and over and over and over again, that there's something wrong with them, that they believe that the government's not supposed to work for them. There's something wrong with them if they believe that our government, which is the most, uh, the richest, most powerful government can't give them universal health care when we've seen our allies who have much less do that. And so there's a propaganda machine that is convincing everyday Americans that what they see isn't true. That while we're watching uh, Jeff Bezos and, 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 the, and the guy from Virgin Atlantic go to the moon, that they're supposed to celebrate that instead of questioning why one, government money was used to get that done, but why that guy doesn't pay taxes and you paying yours? And then, and then your government representatives say, well, you're, you're taking welfare. No, it's my money. <laughs> I'm the one that's paying it. The folks who are not paying it are getting the welfare. They're taking my money from me. So I think there's a propaganda machine when we don't have you know, control over the media, the ability to really get out the word to people and people are being convinced that to, to work against their own interests and what they see is not actually true. I mean, it, that, is, that is so powerful. It, it's amazing because yesterday on our program, uh, we went through the entire thing about Jeff Bezos that you just mentioned. And I, I laid out the case where all Jeff Bezos's money, that Jeff Bezos didn't earn that, that we oh. earned it for just Jeff Bezos. And I explained how the system is rigged. In fact, I wrote a book called How to Make America Utopia. You know, and uh, and the idea was that we have a rigged economic system. And it's interesting that how difficult it was to convince this person of that he that he was being screwed. And, and that is where I say uh, and that is because he's heard rep repetition after repetition. The other story that is because you you have 20 minutes every few weeks on one of the major networks that everybody sees. Uh, and the thing about it is uh, we have to mitigate that. So my question to you is how, and, and actually this is, this is something that you talk about all the time, building the progressive movement nationwide. How do we attain that? And how do we get the eyeballs? How do we get all of this done to make sure that everybody knows we are actually working for them? I think it's really important to go back to basics. One of the things that DFA is about is about organizing person to person to person. You know, you're going out and actually talking to people, having a conversation with people. So novel in a word when people spend so much time looking at their devices. But the reality is, is that we can have conversations with people where we talk about what the real is. How is that working for you? Uh, you know, there are people waving Trump flags and they, they're waving them out of double wides. They barely have anything in their life and they're saluting the Trump flag. Well, how did that Trump presidency change your life? It didn't. Um, your life is not better because you followed one of the worst, most narcissistic presidents in the history of the country. 
So I think we've got to talk to people person to person about what these policies are, um, the fact that we should be doing these things, the fact that we need to have a government by the people and for the people, and that that's possible if we show up. And so I think that organizing work can negate the fact that we don't necessarily have, unfortunately, um, access to the major media. Uh, and I also think shows like yours and uh, the fact that people are consuming messages a little differently gives us the opportunity at every cost, I think, to, to make that message. I also, you know, one of the things they, they often say is all of a sudden when everybody's suffering, when, when you start to see everybody struggling suffer, then all of a sudden people wake up, right? Like it took 50 years for them to finally dispense with the message that trickle-down economics didn't work. We've been talking about the fact that trickle-down economics didn't work for a long time. Finally, 50 years later, economists are writing, well, trickle-down economics doesn't work. And part of that is because people started to realize it, like it started to hit more people. We don't have to wait for that, right? I think one of the biggest mistakes that Republicans made was this abortion ban. I because think so you too. you got women like, oh, they might've been cool you know, they might have been all right with, you know, us not having the right to vote. They might have not cool. They might have been, they might have let that slide. They might have done a little march for that. They might have done a little march for a few weeks on George Floyd and Black folks getting murdered. But now you're taking away their right to choose and their right to choose for their children. You don't woke up, you don't reawoke, awaken a, a bunch of folks who now are going to fight. And so I think that's where, when we get to this place where there is an, a shared suffering, and I think right now we're in a real shared suffering. A lot of people are suffering right now in all kinds of ways. Then you start to see the rising up of people and the, the, the joining of forces of movements uh, and people start to march and then they demand more. Yvette, that is magic because what you, do, what you just said is magic. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to see themselves in that suffering. Right. And as I explained yesterday on the show, if you can, if you can hide that, which is what, you know, um, I made a, 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 a dangerous statement on the show yesterday. And one of the viewers thought I was implying that something like slavery wasn't really a black thing. But what I explained is that we are all now antiseptic slaves. Mm -hmm. And she took it back because now it was like, oh, I can't say the other anymore. But what you're saying is making sense. Mm -hmm. It's no longer the other. But right. we are all, you know. It was important. I always, I always said that for our economic system to work, you have to be able to separate people. Mm -hmm. But when people are forced into the same box and see their humanity and see their reality and their equal economics, it suddenly makes a difference. And in effect, that's what you just said. That's so true. I mean, when you think about, you know, when people can, when people can operate in any level of privilege, they will. Right. So like if I can say, well, I don't like that black people are being murdered, but I'm safe. Right. I don't like that people are struggling, but my bills are paid as long as they can. My life isn't in jeopardy in any way. Like you can empathize with people all day, but until you actually understand because you are going through it yourself. Right. That shared suffering causes people to act. And I have seen and I've talked to people about owning and, and acknowledging the fact that most of us have some level of privilege and whether we, whether we admit it or not, when the going gets tough, we will lean into that privilege exactly. and leave the brother behind and don't have none yes. in a minute. And we cannot do that. It's it a is, human thing. It's a human thing. And we've got to, we've got to work against that. You know, I know that I'm a black woman 
So I am not privileged as to race and gender, right? But I am privileged. I'm straight. I'm, I'm privileged as to sexual orientation. I have money in my pocket. I'm privileged as to wealth. You're educationally have, privileged. I, right, that part. I happen to practice the dominant religion in this country, so I am privileged as to religion. And so I was born in this country. I am privileged as to national origin. And so what, what I need to remind myself is in those moments when I want to operate in my privilege, I need to use my privilege to help somebody else, right? right. I need to lean into that. And we said- It's it a is, human thing. It's a human thing. And we've got to we've got to work against that. You know, I know that I'm a black woman, so I am not privileged as to race and gender, right? But I am privileged. I'm straight. I'm I'm privileged as to sexual orientation. I have money in my pocket. I'm privileged as to wealth. You're educationally privileged, right? That part. I happen to practice the dominant religion in this country, so I am privileged as to religion. And so I was born in this country. I am privileged as to national origin. And so. What, what I need to remind myself is in those moments when I want to operate in my privilege, I need to use my privilege to help somebody else, right? right. I need to lean into that. And we see that in the, the anti-Muslim movement. We see folk like, oh, okay, I can't, I can't work. With, I need to lean into my privilege and support my, my Muslim brothers and sisters who deserve the right, right, to, to exercise their religion and to be in this country, just like the rest of us. I do the same thing with my LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters. And so it's when we are, but, but, but the challenge that they didn't see is that when you get enough people who are in, who are suffering together, they don't think about that privilege. Now you've got, I mean, we all struggling now. We all struggling. Let's move forward in this movement to make change for all of us. And I think that was, that was the misplay uh, that the Texas Democrats, the Texas Republicans have done, and now they've riled up a whole bunch of folk that now will join the movement with us. And hopefully, hopefully, that let's not say hopefully, we will make it so. We will make it so. I like that. I like that. We will, we will make, make it, it so. so. You know, it's 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 interesting. It's power. It, it, uh, what what you're saying is mm-hmm. powerful. Now, uh, the last two issues here. First of all, to effect a structural change in our democracy requires education is sort of like the egg which one comes first right we need a structural uh change in our democracy but in order to get a structural change in our democracy people have to be educated enough to understand how it currently works which means we have to find a way to operate in this domain and i tie that into the other part that says so then how do we work under the biden administration which isn't bought into that this democracy by the minority does not work, meaning filibuster must go, electoral college must go, two senators per state must go. The Constitution has some intrinsic flaws that we can't mitigate immediately. We have to work within the system. How do we get structural change in the democracy and how do we start that under likely the best administration that we're going to be able to do it under, because I tell you what, um, even that 3.5 trillion under Biden was a surprise to me. It was a blessed (laughs) surprise to me. You know, I think we start by making it plain. You know, I think we have, uh, you know, civics education and and schools has not been funded. Um, Even some of our senators don't understand what the constitution says. 
uh, I, the way we've been going about it is really tying these things to the things that people care about. You can't get climate change because we have minority rule in this country, right? That means that uh, the 40% the of, of, of senators get to decide uh, what happens rather than the 60% and people can do the math. I mean, we really need to just do a, a full out media blitz around what is wrong with this picture. Everybody understands that 40% of the people should not be making the decision for all of us when 60% of us are in control. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it shouldn't be a 60, 40, it should be a 50, 50. And so we've got 51% of the power, but the 40% gets to decide for the rest of us because we have a filibuster. And then and the fact that you can't get your change, you can't get your change because of this. And that was the big fallacy of the myth that is gonna ultimately, hopefully not, but might do Biden in. Because he said, all we need is for the Democrats to get the Senate and then we can make change. And folks showed up and that happened. And now we're saying, no, no, we actually need 60 Democratic senators to yeah. get something done. People, people don't want to hear that. So we've really got to remind people that all of these different um, inequities in our democracy, all these challenges in the structure of our democracy are keeping us from getting the things that we need to get. And we need to remind people that we have the power, Democrats, we don't need bipartisanship for this. Democrats have the power right now to keep the promise and actually in the filibuster which is not written into the constitution it's a freaking senate rule to end the filibuster and to make change and we also need to as we know from what the, the supreme court done started acting a plum fool too which we expected we need to expand the court and that that's not a novel idea the court has been expanded before and typically the supreme court matches the number of districts that exist and there are 13 judicial districts. So to go from nine to 13 would be normal. We have done this before. It is not a power play. It is not a political trick. So we just got to get in the posture of reminding people that all of these things, one, are keeping you from the thing that you need to do. Two, that they are not equitable. That is not fair. And it is not supposed to be. And the three, frankly, this is the way it's always been. And it's on us to be the generation to change that system for ourselves and for our children, and that we have the power to do that. Yvette, that's powerful. And I, I think uh, that is why we need to get, give the Yvette Simpsons of the world, the DFAs of the world, all the exposure possible, because the change mm -hmm. isn't going to come from them. It's going to come from us. And I want to uh, reiterate something that you said that is very important. The filibuster is not constitutional. It's not con constitutional. And, and increasing the size of the court is not idea nor is it unconstitutional anyway at at the end of every one of our uh, discussions here we ask one specific specific question please mm -hmm. tell me what you would have wished that i asked you and in my <laughs> ignorance i didn't well first of all you are not ignorant this has been a great interview and i just thank you uh for giving me space uh and now you know that question is so funny because now you give me a chance to preach and i think that's very yes. very dangerous yes <laughs> The dangerous thing, you know, my one wish uh, for us uh, in this time and in this future uh, is that we would just take a beat and really look around uh, and ask, how are we doing? And the answer to that is that we are not well, that there is human suffering that is happening across this country with so many different people. And if we don't see this as an opportunity, a clarion call uh, for us to do everything in our power, remove the distraction and the foolishness 
and be about the mission of ending human suffering within the, we all have the power to do that. And our government has the power to do that. And that we need to raise our voice and demand that and be relentless, you know, in our demand. Angela Davis said, you have to believe that you can transform uh, your world and you have to believe it all the time. And so this work is a relentless, consistent work. And there's no time like right now for all of your listeners to be completely committed to ending human suffering. And we can do that through uh, voting. We can do that through uh, raising our voice, through protesting, through taking this very, very important time. Because if we make the reforms that you and I have been talking about, we can have a government that works for us and that serves us and help to relieve the suffering that people in our country are um, currently facing. Yvette Simpson, Chief Executive Officer of Democracy for America. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. So great. Thank you. We, I hope you enjoyed that. Folks, if you're watching us on YouTube, please, to help our algorithm, click on the like. That thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up, please. If you're watching on Facebook, please click on like. Another thumbs up. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, please click a thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook, please click a like. Uh, because that's going to help our algorithm. Uh, Rose Williams says, burning wood produces mercury, CO, greenhouse gases, VOCs, and nitrogen oxides. Really bad for the environment, not to mention for those local, locally who have asthma, etc. She said, please, Egberto, read my message. And which I said, yes, ma'am, I'll read your message. And then, look, you know why I love all you guys? Because you engage, because you make all of us, myself, all of us smarter. I said, I don't exactly know if burning wood is green or not, but I think it's green because it's replenished. And somebody else come back and say otherwise. Then we get Carl Cox come and he says, okay, Egberto, I, I am doing my research too and I'm sending you an email. And Carl Cox says, Egberto, when wood rots, it releases methane gas, a major greenhouse gas. When wood is burned, it releases CO2, another greenhouse gas. The only way to release mercury into the atmosphere is through carbon, I think he said, uh, through coal. Now, I think that, that, that there may be a little mis misunderstanding there because I think if you are in a mercury-infested dirt where plants grow, that plant itself may absorb mercury, and then if you burn that plant, the mercury can come out. So... I don't want to split differences there, but that's a possibility. Folks, like the program. Like, please give a thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. Give a click on like, thumbs up if you're watching it on Facebook. Anyhow, we are at the time where I have to say, folks, if you are just joining us, please remember to go ahead and click that join button on YouTube. Become a part of our PDR Posse. Please become a part of our PDR Posse. Alternatively, you can become a part of our Patreon. I need a thousand of each. Thousand patrons, a thousand, uh, a thousand uh, YouTubers. I've given myself a few months, quite a few months, to try to attain that goal so that we can be completely self-sufficient, so that we can survive. So please go to politicsandright.com/patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n, or politicsandright.com/youtube to become a part of our YouTube. Our, our PDR Posse. Uh, you can also become a part of the Posse by just click on that join button to the top, uh, somewhere there on your YouTube page. Uh, another way to support us is via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And you can get all of our books. And look, the books, I can tell you, 
If you want to talk about making America utopia and rebuilding what we, how, learning how to talk to your neighbors, etc., these are, these are the three books. Let me put it in the right space. I always get my cameras mixed up. But here are our three books, okay? Uh, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing friends and neighbors. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. And how to make America utopia, take away the, the economy that's rigged. Look, folks, that is, those are all the things that I can guarantee you. Read all three of those books. You'll be able to go ahead and talk to anybody about these issues that we talk about all of the times and actually make a hell of a lot of sense out of it. So please go to politicsandright.com slash books to get them. But if you get it at our store, politicsandright.com slash store, I will send the books myself, sign every single one of them, and send it with what again? I'll also send it with esto, a bumper, whoops, so I can put it here, a bumper sticker that says Politics and Right to help us put it out there. Anyway, today I'm interviewing, later on, as soon as I get off the show today, I'm interviewing Tom Hartman about his new book. It's called The Hidden American History of Healthcare. And he's going to talk about how terrible Medicare Advantage is and many other subjects we're going to talk about. So tomorrow, tell everybody we're going to have Tom Hartman on talking about Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare, uh, Medicare Advantage, etc. You're not going to want to miss that. This guy has it down packed. He wrote an essay about it, and then he has the entire documentation in his book to show the fraud that is Medicare Advantage in their attempt to privatize the Medicare system. And all of you that's watching now, you need to tell all your friends that are on Medicare or about to go on Medicare Advantage. Tell them the program to watch now, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central, Politics Done Right, because we're going to really, really cover this stuff about Medicare Advantage and how crooked it is. Paul Hartman, the number one progressive radio host in not not here, in the entire country. Tom Hartman, that's who we're going to have tomorrow. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, click that uh, thumbs up, please. I need you to help our algorithm. And if you're on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, click the like button. need you to do that for me. Okay, you know, uh, you noticed earlier in that interview, I told, <laughs> I told Yvette, Hey, I love the way you handle Chris Christie because he needs handling. This is what she did to him. Both her and Roland uh, Roland uh, Martin did yesterday. Check this out. It is clear that uh, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie thinks he's going to be president. He wants to run for president. So he's starting to sort of back away from Donald Trump. So yesterday or recently at the uh, Reagan Library or something, he did a speech and he said, it's time for us to... Really start looking at the truth of what happened in the election, etc., etc., etc. Well, you know, he went on, uh, you know, George Stephanopoulos and this week went ahead and told him, hey, you, you went ahead and said this. Are you getting any pushback from going against Trump, etc.? And, you know, he tries to be, uh, fun- he tries to make believe that he's always been circumspect in this whole thing. And he got his butt handed to him. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Chris Christie, he was referring, of course, to former President Trump, also went to a police station in New York yesterday, complained again about the rigged election. You gave a major speech at the Reagan Library this week where you said it was time to face the realities of the 2020 election, renounce the conspiracy theorists and the truth deniers. So you're on a collision course with former President Trump. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm on a course to try to make sure that my party become, be, keep, 
remains rather relevant um, in the political conversation in this country. I just think for four years we watched Republicans either be silent or be complicit in the building of the monster that is Trump. And even post-Trump, there are still Republicans who are bolstering him, supporting him. So I feel like too little too late. The reality is, is real leadership is stepping up to the man at the time he was in the seat and saying that we won't budge. And there was none of that. And unfortunately, I don't know what the future of the Republican Party is. There's so many folks who are now swinging uh, closely. We think about the 47 states that have legislation trying to keep people from voting based on the big lie that we know was not true. We think about January 6th and the insurrection that happened on the structure of democracy itself mm -hmm. and democracy. And there are Republicans who don't want to have an investigation into that. So this Republican Party is way far gone. And unfortunately, too little, too late. Republican Party, they, they made their choice. Yes. And, and I appreciate the speech, uh, Governor, but the reality is this. Um, you have to admit, Sarah, you have to admit the role that you play in putting the person in leadership who is driving conspiracy theories. It's one thing to condemn them after the fact, but you have to own up to the role that you played in putting the person in power. The time we both ran campaigns yeah. against No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Can I finish? First off, Can I'm I finish. you. And second, I ran against Donald Trump in 2016. You ran against him. But when a person has principles, morals, and values, they do not support them even okay. if you lose. Right. And, what, and what they well, say is, what they say is, I choose patriotism and the country yeah. over party I, and power. And the problem was too many Republicans chose power in riding yeah. with Donald right. Trump as opposed to patriotism yeah. and America. Sense. I'll sleep fine tonight with you. You judging my morals. Well, guess what? As a it's voter, as a, as a voter yeah. who has 13 nieces right. and nephews, what I also want yeah. to see in America are Republicans and Democrats who have the guts to stand up yeah. to narcissists, to folks who lie, to folks who see who and led yeah. a country in the wrong direction. And what that yeah. man has unleashed on this country, any Republican who stood with him has to own it and accept the role that they play. Yeah. And accept the role. You've got to own it and accept the role that you played, not try to reinvent the wheel. Those people who stood with Donald Trump, those people who helped Donald Trump, including those who helped him in the debates, etc. Hey, are you listening, Governor Chris Christie? What you have done is denied yourself the right to ever become president of the United States. The fact that you supported someone who, who was an insurrectionist, the, the fact that you supported somebody who wanted to overthrow this country, who forgot what democracy is is what democracy is supposed to be, you have lost the right to be elected president of the United States. So no kind of speech that you give with the implication that somehow it is time to accept that it, it, these are conspiracy theories, etc. These are things that should have been said in the beginning. First of all, these are things that should have been said previous to Donald Trump ever even possibly becoming the president in 2016. You have failed America, so therefore don't try to rehabilitate yourself by somehow seeming more circumspect, more pragmatic, more astute, someone who thinks they know what's best for America. You were a fraud for America, just like the former president was, and you do not deserve any kind of kudos because now you see the light and want to change who you've been. 
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try oh, I kind of got that kind of late. I have another video now that I want you to see with El Senor. Which one? Let's see if I can do this. No, the Chuck Todd video is too long, so I'll do that tomorrow. Let's just go ahead and do the uh, th this last one from yesterday as well. I watched Joe Manchin, uh, Democratic uh, Senator Joe Manchin and Democratic Senator uh, Bernie Sanders today. They did, the, I think they did all of the circuit. They did this week. They did the uh, Meet the Press, and then they did uh, CNN's uh, whatever the CNN morning show is called. Anyhow, it turns out that after watching them, I was able to take some clips out that shows exactly what it is all about. The differences between true progressive values and just your average, let's just do the minimum that's necessary. And of course, we know what most Americans want. Most Americans want, it is time for us to take care of us all. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Who would have thought we'd have got 19 Republicans to vote for the bipartisan infrastructure, right. the hard the physical, infrastructure. physical infrastructure? And that's right. the most urgent need that we have. We want a physical infrastructure bill. We have to rebuild our roads and our bridges. That's important. Human infrastructure is more important. We cannot continue to have elderly people unable to hear, no teeth in their mouths, children who can't get decent childcare. We cannot afford not to deal with climate. We have got to do that in this unprecedented moment in American history. Two bills go together. At the end of the day, I believe we're going to pass them both. At the end of the day, I think we're going to pass them both, but it's absolutely true. You listen to Manchin. Manchin, in that aspect, look at what he sounds like. The most important part, the most important of these bills is the infrastructure bill, roads and buildings and airports, etc., and then you have Bernie Sanders come and he says, yes, we need the roads and bridges, etc. But the most important thing is human infrastructure. Do they have teeth to which to eat their food and alimentate themselves appropriately? Do they have air and aid so that they can live a real life? Do they have child care so that they can use those roads and bridges that we want to build to get to work? So that those who are going to build those roads and bridges can put their kids in, in, in child care so that they can actually do these things. You see, that is the problem. Too few senators have lived it. Too few senators, too few politicians understand that we have decimated the middle class. We have decimated the poor. We have extracted from so many people for just a few. And once again, we're about to do it if we were only to go for that bipartisan infrastructure bill that only talks about capital for, what again? Bridges and buildings and forgets about humanity. And what Bernie Sanders said there is absolutely true. The human part is the most important of them all. You can't pass the human part. You can't get the infrastructure bill because you know what? People are suffering on the human side. Yeah, bridges are falling, but to build them, you need humans. Absolutely so, absolutely so. Um, look, folks, uh, we're coming to the end of the program. Let's see, we are at 55. Uh, Eric earlier said, Egberto, you earned money for Jeff? How is that exactly? You know, I love when people uh, try to you know, put you in a corner. 
Before I forget, folks, please go ahead and if you're watching on YouTube, please click the thumbs up. If you're watching on uh, on Facebook, please click the like button. I need those things for the, or we need those things for the algorithm. So if you're on YouTube, please click that uh, up arrow or that thumbs up and give us some likes out there so that we can get this stuff flowing around in the algorithm. Thank you so kindly. All right, here's the deal. Uh, Eric says, Egberto, how do you make money for uh, for Amazon? And it's simple, right? Amazon doesn't make anything. Amazon doesn't make books. Amazon doesn't make cars. Amazon doesn't make anything. But guess what? I wrote three, four books. That this, wasn't, this one is just not. And they're all done by Amazon. And Amazon makes more than half. More than 70% when you add it all up of those every book that it sells. Because, you know, they have the channels. So what Amazon does, when, when somebody says, like, Berto, you didn't make any money for Amazon. If I did not exist, if you did not exist, if all those people that make the products that Amazon sells for not knowing anything about the, how those products work, there wouldn't be no Amazon. Look. Is there a place for Amazon? Yes. But the, is Amazon deserving of the kind of money that the leaders in Amazon makes? No, because they don't create anything. They don't innovate anything, right? Would we continue our society without an Amazon? Of course. Instead, though, it would be a thousand different companies doing what Amazon does. I use Amazon too, folks. Don't, don't feel guilty about it because it, it is easy. It's a nice setup and all of that. But it's not, it doesn't mean that it should give this guy $160 billion or more for, every, for, for using the, a piece of the intellect of every single person. So Eric Hayes, yes, all of us are the ones who allow Amazon to be who Amazon is. And that's how we make money for Amazon. Remember, they sit, on, they sit down. He doesn't know how to build the computers that, that go pick the, the products that Amazon then mails out. A lot of computer systems that are there. Remember that. Amazon creates and innovates nothing. And still... They don't. Thank you for saying that, Rose. Rose says, Amazon does not innovate. They just collect taxes. Right. And sadly, sadly, they don't even want to pay the taxes. Imagine that. They don't even want to pay the taxes for all, for the universities and the colleges and all these things that create the innovations that allows them to exist. And earlier, somebody mentioned something about the rich people. And I said, you know, it shows you that rich people aren't all that smart. They, they're, 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 they're good robbers. They're good thieves. They're good, uh, they're good at taking other people's money and wealth. That's what they're good at. Other people are so good at doing what they do. Sweeping floors, washing dishes, creating books, writing books, doing all these other things. Other people are good at. But they're not good marketers. And the only thing that Amazon is, is a marketer, right? So when I say that the economic system is rigged, that's what I mean. It is rigged in the form that it does not allow those who actually create, those who actually do the work to benefit more so than those who just said, oh, you created something? Okay, I'm going to sell the stuff that you create. And then they make more. It's the same with insurance. If somebody who sells you a life policy, right? 
they sell you a life policy for let's say a hundred thousand dollars, and let's say that's going to cost cost about a uh, let's say five hundred dollars a year, right? The first year or two, the person who sold you that policy gets that five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. It's amazing how when I say the system is rigged, it is rigged for those whose only job is to create how to take your money from you. And if you'll remember that, we'll be in great shape. If you are on YouTube, one more call. Please click the like button on YouTube or the, the, the thumbs up on YouTube. Please click the thumbs up on Facebook or the like on Facebook. We got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know, oh, forgot to forgot to put the support link in there. Uh, all for all the different forms that you can support us is inside of this link. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willies. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willies. Let us engage. It is politics done right. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.